while you are seated, while you are standing, church. We're just going to go straight into the reading of the word together. Shall we do that? Every one of us, we're going to go straight into the scripture reading for today. Because the presence of the Lord, thank you, worship team. The presence of the Lord is in this house. And we will stand for the reading of the word of God together. Let's have the scriptures on. Let's have the scriptures on. We're going to read, we're going to continue on our series, the Supernatural series through the book of Acts. The Supernatural series is about the Holy Spirit's move, amen. And today the Spirit is here, and today the Spirit wants free reign to work in our hearts. So we're going to do this. Last week as Juwita made us sing in two different sections, today I'm going to make you all Read in two different sections. So you are the first section, you are the second section. The first section is going to be, I believe, in blue. And the second section is in red. So you read together with gusto because this is the Word of God. From Acts chapter 8, verses 14 to 25. Let's start over here. Verse 14. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the Word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Your turn now. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Your turn. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this manner, for your heart is not right before the Lord. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now, when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Father, we just commit today to you. We commit the reading of the word to you for those on site here in Maranatha and those online. We ask that your presence be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you, worship team. Wow, God is in the house and I believe he is going to do a great work. So let's be open. Let's have our hearts open. Now today, I, I entitled the sermon as The Sorcerer's Power Encounter. Wow! Because it is really about a sorcerer. It is really about a power encounter that happened. Now the term power encounter is a very missional term. It's a term uh, greatly used in the missions field as well. And it basically means when the power of God, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit comes face to face with the power of darkness, 
comes face to face with the power of the enemy, with the power of the devil, with the power of Satan, when, the, when there is a clash of the, of, of the Lord God Almighty's power and the power of darkness, that is called a power encounter. So all of you, I'm sure you know this answer, but I'm going to ask you. When there is an encounter, the power of God and the power of darkness, who wins? Power of God, because Jehovah has the final say. Jehovah always has the final say, amen. And today we're going we're gonna to unload a lot more exciting things about this power encounter. My first, first-hand experience of a power encounter was in my 20s. In my 20s, I went for a mission trip to Philippines. I went with Brother Srida. Anyone been for a mission trip with Brother Srida to Philippines? Yeah? A few of you, are very few. You don't see the hands. There were a few of us who used to go with, with, with Srida and he would bring us for boot camp training. Boot camp training, we have to go to Cameron Highlands to test to see whether we can literally trek up the mountains. We have to do trekking as part of our missions preparation beyond praying. And we prayed together. And so anyway, when we went up there, as we walked up and we, we climbed up the mountains, we, we, we visited with villagers together with the pastors. And the pastors would tell us, oh, we've been ministering to these people. They have accepted Christ. But then the pastor will say, take note of what you see just outside their houses. Take note of what you see carved on the doorpost of their house. And so I was puzzled, wondering, what did he mean? And I was very young, very green, not sure of anything, you know. And so I noticed outside the houses, they would have stone arrangements, stone formations. And on the doorpost, there would be certain things carved inside. And then they will tell me, this is because they are so steeped in animism. They are so steeped in the worship of spirits. The animism just means it is a worship of spirits which are seen to be residing in the things of nature. And so we were praying that they need to know that Jesus Christ is the only God you need because He is the ultimate King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, give me an amen. Yeah? Those online, come on, declare. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on. Let's give God the, the glory because He is above all. And so we prayed and we prayed. And, and you know, thank God I was not preaching because I was such a greenhorn then. But I would just pray along as the different ones preached. And then when, when, when the power of God came, it was not in a nice auditorium like this. It's literally a kampong with no electricity. It's literally a kampong where the, we, we were ministering outdoors with carbide lamps. Anybody knows what carbide lamps are? Yeah, okay, a couple of y'all know. Some of the younger ones maybe don't know. Huh? Carbide lamps, and you know what? The power of God fell. And we were, I was amazed. I'm like, wow, we don't have to even do so much. And the Lord just moved, and they had a power encounter. And they left. They left all. All the animistic ways, they left. And the pastor could just disciple freely. That is a power encounter. And today, even in the book of Acts, it is a missional book. It is a book of how the power of the Holy Spirit goes forth, not just remaining in Jerusalem, not just remaining in Judea, but what? It went to Samaria and it went to the uttermost parts of the world as was told 
in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And now, in chapter 8, we get to see a power encounter, very powerful one, in the passage that we just read. Who is this Simon that we're talking about? Who is Simon Magus? That's not his surname. Magus is he's not Mr. Magus. Can I help you? No, that's not his surname. Because they call him Simon the Magician. Simon the Magician. Now, when we think that, it was wrong with magic. I have magic, magic shows for my children. Now, today's magic is not the magic that the Bible is talking about. Today's magic, it is a sleight of hand, an illusion, a little bit of a trick, a little bit of uh, cute things and all that. But right here in the book of Acts, the magic that is being spoken about is that which is uh, steeped in witchcraft, in sorcery, in powers of darkness. And this is the magician that Simon was. So he is, in some translations, it says Simon the magician, and in others it says Simon the sorcerer. So who is he? To give you a bit of a background, let me just refer you back to a couple of verses before what we read. In verses 9 to 11, let me read this out to you. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria saying that he was, saying that he himself was someone great. They all paid attention to him, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him. Luke, the gospel writer, mentioned this twice. They paid attention to him because for a long time, he had amazed them with his magic. For a long time. So now we know that, so in the ancient days, in the time of Simon, in biblical ancient times, the magicians were very sought after because they could have incantations to, to bring about protection. They had incantations to what people will say as to bring about harm or evil, whether it's of a defensive or offensive kind of a situation. And that was why Simon was completely famous and he amazed people. He was moving in this. But he had his own encounter. He had his own encounter. In verse 13, just prior to that, we see Philip. Philip the evangelist. It was a time where there was great persecution. Great persecution and the, the, the believers scattered and so, did, so was Philip scattered. One of the deacons. Scattered, and he was scattered but not afraid. He went forth preaching. He came into Samaria preaching the gospel with signs and wonders. And, and then it says in verse 13, even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Simon, who used to amaze people, himself became amazed. Why? He saw the true and living power of God. He saw firsthand that whatever he was doing paled in comparison to what Jesus was doing through the Spirit. What Apostle, what uh, Philip the Evangelist was doing, he saw that there was a difference. He believed. And he was water baptized, baptized in water. 
By the way, those of you who have not yet been water baptized, we have one coming up next month. So please don't hesitate. Get water baptized and be, be a testimony to your friends and family. Okay, small advertisement break. All right, Church Center app can, can, can download. All right. So he was water baptized and the scripture tells us he followed Philip. He followed the ministry of Philip. He was amazed and captivated. And this comes to the passage we read out together about what went down after his baptism, after he had been following Philip. And the whole book of Acts, like I, I mentioned, it is about the Holy Spirit. So I'll be only talking, only bringing out certain principles from, about the Holy Spirit's move. Because when Philip came, he came with the power and the anointing. And as he came with the power and the anointing, revival broke out in Samaria Church. Revival broke out. Everyone could see signs and wonders. Philip was not one of the apostles. He was a church leader. The Holy Spirit moves in and through every single person. And so the first thing we're going to pick up from the Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Say with me, everyone online, type it out, everyone. The Holy Spirit is for every one of us here. We can see, even from verses 14 to 17, when the apostles had heard in Jerusalem of the great revival that was happening in Samaria, they quickly dispatched Peter and John because they realized they had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you know what? No believer should be without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, amen. Every believer needs that baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just for the speaking in tongues. I will tell you why in a little while. It is because the Holy Spirit is going to be activating us to do more for the kingdom of God. Amen. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us in that power, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, when the Spirit comes upon you with power, why? So that you can do your homework? So that you can, you can finish all your assignments on time? No, not just that. The Holy Spirit comes upon us to be witnesses. To be witnesses, church. The power of the Holy Spirit is for us to go forth wherever we are, from in your Jerusalems, your Judea, in your Samarias and to the uttermost parts of the world, the Holy Spirit is calling the church of Jesus Christ, every believer to be ignited, to be witnesses. And it comes by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the empowering, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is a subsequent experience to salvation. It is a separate and subsequent thing. And a couple of weeks back, we celebrated and we remembered Pentecost Sunday, where many of you came forth and, and you received that baptism of the Holy Spirit and many of you already are activated in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we need to say, Holy Spirit, more! Let's not be satisfied because God has got an amazing end times role for every one of us that's seated here. Amen? Amen. No matter how young, how old, how new a Christian you are, the Lord has a plan for your life in the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. Secondly, the Holy Spirit moves supernaturally. The Holy Spirit is, is a person. 
is a person, is the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is a person and He is right with us, journeying with us through every situation and empowering us for all that you need, all that He needs you to do. Wow. And the Holy Spirit moves supernaturally in and through everyone. Not just the speaker, not just the worship team, not just the special evangelist. The Holy Spirit moves to everyone, whether you're seated downstairs or right there in the balcony or at home. The Holy Spirit can move and wants to move supernaturally in and through your life. When Simon saw in, in verse in verse 19, it says, in verse 18, it says, Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given, he saw, what did he see? What did he see? He saw something different. He saw something that was so amazing. It was beyond what he had ever seen, despite all the signs that he had been doing all his life. He saw, perhaps what he saw, I would like to imagine that what he saw was as Peter and John were laying hands and as the Spirit of God was filling them, maybe he saw these ordinary believers starting to operate in the move of God. Maybe he saw ordinary believers starting to prophesy, ordinary believers starting to lay hands and the sick became well and whole. He began to see the power of God manifesting, I believe. Because when the Spirit moves, He moves supernaturally. And this verse goes on. As he saw it, he was captivated. And he said, he thought, I need to get this gift. And he offered money. He offered money to the apostles saying, give me this power also so that anyone whom I lay my hands on can also receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Simon's response was something I hope you all don't respond this way. The Holy Spirit in point one is for everyone. It's a free gift. The Holy Spirit is for us. The Lord wants us to, to embrace the personhood of the Holy Spirit, to love the Holy Spirit, to welcome Him into every part of our lives, every single day. But He was interested not in the person, Simon was, was only interested in the power. And church, we need to caution our hearts. We need to take cognizance about our own lives. Are we only coming to the Lord for the gifts that He can give us? Or do we have a passion and a heart to say, I am after the giver of all life. I am after the giver of all this power. Let's not just sell ourselves short by only seeking the gift. We are all, many of you here are parents. Won't it be very painful if your children only come to you when they want something? But when you want to hang out with the children, the children will be like, speak to the hand, mom. You know? Do they say that? I hope not. May all our children, maybe have healthy families that come together not for the sake of what's in it for me, but for the sake of saying we are together as a household of faith, enjoying 
each other's company and fellowship. Amen? Amen. That's what, that, that's what it's all about. Simon's faith was already showing signs that it was cued. His eyes was not on the Lord. He may have been baptized in water even, but the Lord could see his heart. These were the signs. And let's take a look at what happened. You know, even in missions field, there are times where we go to villages and wow, everybody accepts, puts up their hand. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. But the real question is, when we ask them, would you leave and forsake any other gods? Would you forsake any other gods and say, no other gods except the one true God? And that's when you suddenly see the hands coming down. You see, Jesus, He wants all of us. He wants every part of our lives to belong to Him. Salvation is when we say, Jesus, come, sit in the throne room of my life. Be Lord, be God, not be one of the many gods. No. God wants us, all of us, because He wants to give all of Him. That's why John the Baptist said, may you increase and may I decrease. And that should be our prayer every single day, every single moment. From here, we realize that he thought the gifts of God could be purchased with money. Number three, the Holy Spirit is not for sale. God's gifts, God's power, God's blessings are not for sale. Type it in the chat group, not for sale. God is not for sale. Jesus came at a price, but it became a free gift to us to accept Christ, to accept that forgiveness, to accept that redemption, that freedom, and that eternal life for free. We don't have to do anything to earn it. That's why Peter immediately responded. Now, Peter is not a rich man. He's a fisherman. And by this time, he was no longer a fisherman because he became a pastor. So he had no natural income in that sense. Money would have been very lucrative, but Peter is not concerned about money. He was concerned about the state of heart that Simon the sorcerer was having. And he said this in verse 20, May your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. Now, the word perish here is a very strong word, actually. The same word is used a couple of times in the Old Testament to denote the destructive power. It's, a very dis it's, a, it's the word used when God condemns those who are rebellious. They shall be condemned to destruction. And that's the same word, perish that destruction. And so Peter was saying to Simon, may your silver perish with you. You know, may you completely lose all that you have because you can even think that the Word of God, that the power of God can be bought just like that. When we don't understand our relationship with the Lord, we can get things wrong. I come from a broken family. My dad left us when we were, I was about five years old. 
I was the youngest. And so, I never really understood the father's love or father's heart. And when I became a believer, and they will tell me, oh, God the Father is a perfect father, the best father. And so I was really happy to have the father's love in my life. But I didn't fully understand it because I still thought that clearly I done something wrong because my dad left. So in my early years, I thought I had to do so much so that God the Father would bless me, so that God the Father will like me, so that God the Father will, will not abandon me, and I will do so much. I will burn the candle at, at, at you know, the morning hours and the night hours just to do so much, thinking that that was what was required. Thank God, thank God that, that he, he spoke to my heart. He thought to me over the years. And he said, you don't need to earn my heart. You don't need to earn the love of God, the favour of God. And that became such a powerful revelation to me. And now when I serve and I love God, I no longer do it because I'm trying to curry favour with the Lord. I do it because I am overwhelmed by the love of God. I'm overwhelmed by how much God has done so much for my life. I don't deserve anything and yet, He still chose to love. And so we must always really understand why we don't need to, why, why we serve and love the Lord. It is not to gain favour, but it is an expression of our love and our gratitude. Simon the Zealot didn't quite get it. That's why he was rebuked. See, part of Simon's background, like I had my own background of not understanding the Father's love. Simon's background as a sorcerer. It was very common for magicians and sorcerers to purchase incantations. If they see another sorcerer, you know, having a lot of power, so to speak, they could, they could go and ask and purchase the incantations, purchase the spells, purchase different talismans or something so that they could then use it and become powerful. So he was still operating in his old mindset. I pray that as we, as children, believers of God here, we must put aside and ask the Holy Spirit, are we operating in our old mindset? Are we bogged down by the way we used to be before we were Christians? Has the Spirit of God been allowed to transform our minds, our persons, our beings, our focuses, our priorities? Has the Lord, has the Spirit of God been given free reign to do God's will, to activate you for God's purposes? Number four, the Holy Spirit sees everything. The Holy Spirit sees everything. Because Peter goes on in his, in his rebuke to Simon. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before the Lord. See, Peter immediately, powered by the Holy Spirit, could see into the heart of Simon, see into the intents and purposes. And, but all is not lost when we are corrected. Because Peter says this, Repent therefore of this wickedness. 
There is hope when we repent. Amen, church? There is hope. When we say, God, I, got, I, I messed up. I got it wrong. I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand. Forgive me, Lord, for operating in my former ways. So Peter was saying, repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. And then Peter went on. Just in case Simon was not convinced that the Holy Spirit has spoken. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. What does this mean? Bitterness, gall and bitterness all go together. Because what comes out, your, your bile and all that, it's all very bitter. The bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Now remember we, we read ahead when Simon was a sorcerer, he was amazing people. In fact, Luke mentioned the word amaze three times. And he mentioned twice. They paid attention to him for a long time. And after a long time of having all the fame, all the attention, all the power, when Philip came in with the power of the Holy Spirit, the focus changed. He was no longer the big man in town because Jehovah, Jehovah had come to town, church. Jehovah comes to town. We are no longer the big people. Is that okay? Is that okay? When Jehovah comes to town, Jehovah has the final. That's right. Jehovah has the final say, church. So when he went through that, maybe he was feeling a little bit insecure. Maybe he was feeling, hey, no one is paying attention to me. They paid attention to him. Two times it was said. And now there was no more attention. Maybe he was angry. Maybe he was envious. The Bible says, all these anger, envy, will become seeds to form the bitterness, the bitter root inside of us all. And we need to be very open to the Holy Spirit. Search our hearts if we have that bitterness, that anger, because it cannot have any part in our lives if we are to be activated, to be victorious believers in Jesus. Amen? So it needs us, because the heart of Simon's issue was a heart problem. He had a heart problem that was not completely submitted to the Lord. It's easy to go through the motions to come to church, go to cell group, go to CG. But the Holy Spirit sees our hearts. The Holy Spirit wants to do a deeper work for every single one of us. When the Holy Spirit is allowed to be activated in all our hearts, can you imagine with me, church, every one of us, as we are activated, as you go forth, your son comes to you and says, Oh, Dad, I've got fever. It's okay. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that fever and boom, the fever flies away. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, you want to say, Lord, I don't know. I need your discernment on making this decision about the business. I don't know what to do. Jesus, Holy Spirit, give me that discernment. And the same discernment that Peter had to discern the spirit of a man, that same discernment shall come upon you for the right decision. 
And when you are deciding, Lord, should I begin to serve, the Spirit will come and convict you and say yes. Should I enter full-time ministry? Yes, yes, yes. Maybe I'm biased. <laughs> but no regrets in serving the Lord full-time. Only, my only regret is what took me so long. But when the Spirit comes, He activates us to be a powerful church of God on the move. In these last days, the world needs a church that is hopeful, that is powerful, and that is bold and fearless and courageous. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you imagine in your offices, right there in your office, when your colleague comes to you with a problem, don't be like, oh, uh, uh, I pray for you at home lah. Come on. Come on, church. Let's be bold and fearless and say, can I pray for you right now? Yeah. Can I pray for you right now? And they will say, oh, uh, they, they might be shocked. But just take hold and say, Holy Spirit, I'm trusting you to move and wait for that testimony. Follow up. If they don't come to you, say, how are you feeling now? Not, not better yet. Never mind, I pray again. Let's be bold and fearless. Not be afraid because it is all about the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's the church. Now, in the story of the sorcerer Simon, I still call him a sorcerer because Luke does not give us an ending here. After this encounter, what, what Simon says is this. He tells Peter, pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Peter asked him to repent. Peter asked him to pray to the Lord himself. Simon just asked Peter, why don't you pray for me? See, an act of repentance, it is a personal act. A parent, no matter how much you love your, your son, your daughter, you cannot repent for them. They need to have their own relationship. When I was growing up, the Sunday school teachers will always tell us, praise God for, for kids' church teachers, amen, hallelujah. Yeah. If you don't know where to serve, go and serve in kids' church, okay? Free advertisement. Very, very good place. <laughs> they used to say, God has children, but no grandchildren. God has children, no grandchildren. So we need to bring out our children in, in the right way so that they can have their own relationship. So Simon here did not have his own relationship with the Lord. He just asked Peter to pray. And Luke left it at that. Luke just goes on to say, to tell us this one episode, because not every power encounter may result in every life being transformed. And here the Lord is waiting to encounter every one of us every single day. But He needs us to say, Lord, I am ready to repent, to submit, to surrender. So Luke goes on, and my fifth point here is in verse 25. Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Because you know what? 
the gospel never stops. The Holy Spirit is unstoppable. It is unstoppable. It is not stopped by COVID. Hallelujah. It is not stopped by the economies of the world. It is not stopped by disease, by sickness. Nothing stops the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is so unstoppable. And we want to be, I don't know about you, I want to be a part of this unstoppable move of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen for those online as well. Come on. We need to say, Lord, we want more. And the Spirit is ready to be poured out on everyone here so that we can be activated. Because God is in the, the business of moving powerfully. Because it's time for the kingdom to advance exponentially. Come on. Exponentially because these are the last days and He will move as long as He has surrendered hearts. As long as He has lives who are surrendered. Lives who say, Lord, my priorities are Yours. Sometimes we, I've, I've done that before as well, where we say to the Lord, I wish I could, but I wish I could, but I want to speak to your hearts. Do you know the Lord who calls and activates you is the Lord who knows everything about you. He knows all your priorities. He knows all your challenges. He knows, he knows your bank balance. And yet, if He still says, I'm calling you, I'm choosing you, I'm speaking to you. He knows it all. He is probably setting you up for a powerful miracle. Amen? It takes us to say, I'm ready, Lord, anything. Anything, Lord. What Simon missed, he missed surrendering his heart. He missed out on what true salvation meant. He missed out on what a true believer is all about. A believer just means I follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. We sing that song. But we need to live that song now, every single step of the way. <clears throat> and we need to have a relationship with the Lord. So today, the Spirit wants to move. The Spirit wants to move. As for Simon the sorcerer, while the book of Acts does not mention him anymore, the early church father, Justin, Justin Martyr, was also a Samaritan. And he wrote different things and he has mentioned this Simon, this Simon Magus. Let's have the worship team come. This Simon Magus. And he said that Simon continued in his sorcery ways. And he, this was not the only encounter he had with Peter. Legend has it that he had an encounter with Peter in Rome. And in Rome, he, the legend is that he challenged Peter to fly off a tall building. Sad to say, 
I mean, of course, Peter was wise enough not to do it. Simon did, and he fell to his death. He had an encounter, but he refused to be submissive and repent unto the Lord. And today, the Lord, the word that the Lord came to me on Monday itself is make room. He said, ask the people, ask my, pe my children to make room in their hearts, in their lives for me to move. Make room to move. Make room to say, Lord, you take back the throne of my heart. Make room to say, Lord, I want to be activated. And when you are activated, it's not just for your personal use. We are activated for kingdom purposes. We are activated because the word and the gospel has to go out even more so. When things are so difficult out there in the world, the Holy Spirit is for everyone. The Holy Spirit moves supernaturally. We don't need to do anything to earn the Holy Spirit. Nothing from God is for sale. We just need to be repentant. The Spirit of God sees our heart and today He wants to speak to you. And I believe some of you, the Lord has already been prompting your heart on things you should be doing. The Spirit of God has already been saying, I'm talking to you. I'm referring to you. Whether you're right here in the hall, at home will you make room will you make room and Peter spoke he spoke as a life who was transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and today where we are as the worship team will come and minister to us in this song I want to encourage you to put aside put aside if you've been taking notes just put it all aside where you are Make an altar. Make an altar right there where you are. For where you are is holy ground. Because the presence of the Lord is here. 